Welcome to the Cosmic Creating Show here on Cosmic Reality Radio. And my name's Jan Moore. I'm your host, and I'm known as the Success Alchemist. And my website is www.thesuccessalchemist.net. And as regular listeners will know, it's my mission to bring incredible guests to the show to really enlighten us and and support the whole conscious evolution of the planet. And today's guest is no exception to bringing some absolutely wonderful information and talent to the show. And so I'm delighted to welcome today Diane Rose Kelly. And I first met Diane uh, when I was preparing for the Festival of Enlightenment in 2011, and we were really blessed to have Diane and her band Jayla perform there at the festival. And she mm-hmm. is such a talented lady. It was absolutely wonderful. We really had some great fun. So Diane is really a multi-talented soul. She's not only an accomplished singer-songwriter, but she's also a producer, an author, a poet, a speaker, an all-American athlete, and a former college professor of health and kinesiology, as well as being just such a a lovely, lovely lady. (laughs) So (laughs) Diane Rose is currently recording tracks for her upcoming solo CD entitled Avalon Rose, which is an inspiring 17-song compilation. And she's presenting genres of soul, rock, pop, and love and inspiration. Her latest single is Link Up, and she wrote this powerful song about truth, unity, and kindness. This honest, raw cut has hints of rock, soul, and pop, and the anthem-like out section is catchy and bold. And I have to say, when I listened to that, I thought it was fantastic, and I'm hoping that Nancy can actually play that for us in the interlude at the top of the hour. So welcome, Diana. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. That was such a kind, thorough introduction. I appreciate all of that. You're most welcome. And I'm excited to uh, have this great conversation with you. So, you know, I'd like to start these interviews really with getting some history as to, you know, how did you come to, to do what you're doing and be who you're being? Wow, that that's a loaded question, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. I basically, you know, I think life uh, prepares you for the next step of your journey slowly, and the whole truth is not unveiled. So we sort of have to walk in the mystery to to hone our skills to become a person of service in the world, and so. Um, Gosh, I've done so many things in my life, and some of my uh, good friends tell me I've lived three or four lifetimes in one lifetime already. And so uh, I'm very grateful for the path that has uh, been behind me. And I just recently left my college professor job of 11 years at Los Angeles Pierce College to pursue my music, my books, my poetry, uh, full time. And so I would say right now I'm, I'm still in the air of a leap of faith, but, um, it feels pretty good. Yeah. And it, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do that. I know I always referred to, you know, leaving England to come and do the festival as a manifestation project as, you know, jumping off the cliff and hoping I was going to land safely. But yeah, I mean, 
this is such a, a really good point, Diane, about the fact that we're kind of programmed into wanting certainty, aren't we, and safety and knowing exactly what, what, we're, what we're doing rather than allowing the path to unfold before us. And, you know, that in itself takes a lot of trust and faith that you are on the right path and you are being looked after and you're going to be okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. And uh, I, I do have, um, you know, signs all through the mystery and uh, proof of that. Um, some of those I can talk about and some of those I cannot because they're personal, but I really feel like I'm being guided and I feel like hindsight is insight for foresight. So when I look at all the things that I've done and all the people that I've taught and all the places I ventured by myself and uh, was okay, uh, all the things where, you know, circumstances where I said, oh, my God, I don't know how this is going to happen. Every time in the last five years, things have just pulled through for me. And so... You know, when I think when you have faith in the unfolding mystery of your life, it really builds your courage to to live free in the mystery. And so that's sort of where I am right now. I feel really free um, where I am. Good. Excellent. And interestingly, um, I've just started not reading, actually, listening to The Alchemist by Paul Coelho, which it, you know, I've had so many interesting experiences where I've been introduced to different books and kind of nudged into reading them. And I, I was introduced to The Alchemist, oh, you know, several years ago. I never got around to reading it. And then it came up, actually, on last week's radio show. And I thought, right, this is a sign. You know, I need to read this book. And I don't know if you've read it, Diane, but it is exactly that. It's about, um, f you know, following your path committing to your life legend in other words your purpose and you know trusting that you're going to be led down on the right on the right in the right direction on your journey and really following your heart and I think this is again so important that you know we're, we're brought up to be logical and sensible and responsible mm -hmm. and often that pushes us down a path that is just not in alignment with us and mm -hmm. we get to a point of really feeling that pressure to follow that life purpose soul purpose and so on and it sounds like that's what you've really shifted onto by, you know, really investing in your music and all your talents full time. Thank you for that. I, you know, I really feel like we're all presented with paradigms um, of living according to someone else. And that's sort of just what happens to everybody. But uh, my parents will tell you I've always been a person that follows my heart. And, you know, they always tease me because when I was five or six, I just did not want to go see the pigs. So, <laughs> and the tantrum <laughs> that I put on for that. But, you know, I think 
all of our lives weave into certain um, perceptions of, of our own reality versus the external reality. So at some point, uh, many of us come to the understanding that, hey, I was born for a purpose. And it's more than one thing. And each thing unfolds as it may. But we're all using the tools of alchemy within ourselves. In fact, we sort of use ourselves, right? So mm. we're, wherever we are in the, in the conscious understanding of our inner space versus outer space, internal world versus external world, we're really trying to become, feel free uh, within ourselves so that we can express ourselves fully with certain virtues and co-create a reality that's joyful. And I, and I think that a lot of us, um, all of us really go through this process of just burning away what does not serve our soul mission. And, and that's like two steps forward, one step back. Right. So mm. um, we'll all get there and we're, we're all on this path of conscious co-creation and we're moving from, what I what I think and what I believe based on my experiences is a fear-based uh, brain chemistry co-creation to a love-based brain chemistry co-creation story. So we're really evolving into co-creators of, of mastery. And that takes the work of alchemy um, upon ourselves, really. That's where the hard work is, is really how do I change my inner perceptual reality so that my personal personality projection is in alignment with my soul core truth. It, it's pretty, it's a lot of work, you know, but uh, I really think that's sort of some word phrasings that I can use to describe part of our journey. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that because, you know, what I've come to understand in terms of, you know, the co-creation manifestation and so on is um, it's actually an evolutionary process. You know, I was first introduced to the law of attraction, like many people through the secret and so on. It was like, wow, we can really create our reality, <laughs> can we? And it was like, wow, I really need this at this point because it, it was a very low point in my life. And... Um, but and because of my background in IT and analysis and, you know, logic and everything else, I was mm -hmm. determined to really get to understand what this manifestation thing was was all about. And mm -hmm. it is a spiritual process. It's a develop. It's a raising of consciousness from that fear based, you know, from that trap entrapment in it, limiting beliefs and fear and self-doubt and everything to raise that consciousness to a level of awareness. So you're really conscious of focusing on what you want to create rather than this constant focus on problems and everything that's wrong. And, you know, we can yeah. see this contrast in the media between, you know, there's so much <laughs> emphasis on what's wrong and people put energy into that and they get really stressed about it. And, don't realize that they're actually helping to perpetuate it because of the the direction of their thoughts and emotions so it's it's yeah. very much yeah. an evolutionary path 
to become more and more proficient at positive manifestation rather than this default of really creating a whole load more crap <laughs> you know yeah and and you know it's um i i feel like in response to that um we all need a self-love story and so you know i talk about a self-love story with humility because when we talk about creation and manifestation and free will and the secret and there's a lot of really good things you know, in the law of attraction. But what I really believe personally is that our will should be in alignment with divine will and divine love. And so because we live in a free will zone here on the earth. And so what's broken in the earth should be healed in the earth. And so with that being said, fear is really something that is created from mindsets of control and mindsets uh, that lack the knowledge of higher principles and higher ways of living according to love. But in, in, sim- in simplistic terms, really, everything that we create begins with our inner core resonance. And so when we learn to have a self-love story and accept ourselves and our past and what happened we return our, our consciousness to the present moment and we learn to turn in and love ourselves, I really think that's the first step to to drawing to us the, the law of attraction. Because no matter what you're saying and doing, you might appear to be this or that or, you know, rich and famous and whatever the case might be, but your inside is not lined up with your outside. And so we live in a society where form fools a fool. And so the issue, I think, in this day and age, in this consciousness shift that we're going through, is that people really feel that they have to align the inner core resonance truth with what they do. And so we're moving into this co-creation world of transparency and I really believe that that is our next step um, in human evolution yes I absolutely agree and also you know what we were chatting about before the show broadcast about you know the energies at the moment I think what I'm seeing is where people are out of alignment with their truth the, the consequences are showing up quite dramatically and mm-hmm. really, you know, forcing people to really self-examine in terms of the, what they're creating in their life mm-hmm. and, and demonstrating that, you know, you are a powerful creator, whether it's, and often you're powerfully creating a whole set of disasters for yourself because Mm -hmm. of that misalignment, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, some people's truth is a lie. Mm. I mean, a a lot of people's truths are a lie and it's, it's not their fault too. Right. So because knowledge has been kept from humanity. So, you know, the whole that is such a sensitive thing, and I really have looked at that a lot. And uh, you know, because I'm a truth teller, and 
I'll just call it out. And sometimes it's not good to call it out. Sometimes it is. You got to pick and choose when to, you know, be that person to shine the light on, you know, if something's untruthful. Vice versa, you know, I'm open for people to sharing their truth with me. I'm I'm not uh, an authority figure. I don't believe in authority figures. But my point is, is that when we're talking about truth, we can synergize that word with the word light. So if if you can shine a light on it and you're okay with it, you might be on the path of truth because truth and light and love and honor, those are words that fit into a vocabulary of a person that lives with integrity and authenticity. And so there's so many levels to the things that we're discussing today, but you know, it's my honor to have this conversation with you. And of course, you know, I honor and love you. Um, but truth is such a big word, isn't it? Mm, yes. And all those things that you were mentioning, they are what constitute our full power, do they not? It's by, you know, really combining yeah. those elements that you step into your full power as a creator. Mm-hmm. Well said. And, and, yeah, I mean, personal freedom comes with sacrifice, right? So revelation comes with sacrifice, um, initiations into the path of conscious awakening. We all have them. But some people, they know that they're supposed to shift with this knowledge, and they don't shift in a way that helps them to have better communication with the outside world. So for some reason, people have this truth and this knowledge, but they just don't know how to act upon it. And I think that's another area where a lot of people are stuck. Because like, you can know something with your head and go to a million conferences and read a bunch of books. But at the end of the day, there has to be a, convergen- a convergence at the heart level, a revelation mm. of the heart. And yes. So, yeah. An embodiment of of that knowledge, you know, because there's this saying knowledge is power. Well, it isn't. Applied knowledge is power. And it's interesting because it brought to mind one of the things that was said in this in this book, The Alchemist, saying that, you know, Mm -hmm. you can learn all these things, but you will be tested on it to test that you're actually implementing what you've learned. And often, you know, it's like the saying that, that, you know, the the darkest hour is just before the dawn. And very often we are seriously tested. And I know from my own experience of uh, lots of experience, you know, lots of situations that I've been put through, that I've gone through in my life, have really been testing my my commitment to living this not just talking Mm -hmm. about it Mm -hmm. yeah and (laughs) that's a whole nother world because you know as the more you dive into um, a spiritual path I mean I think we're all spiritual everything's spiritual Mm. but 
the more you decide your will be done in me, O Lord, the more you're given. And the responsibility of the creator working through us is immense because we have become pure channels. And when you become a pure channel, then you have more and more responsibilities and more and more initiations, whereas before you wouldn't think, oh, gosh, that wasn't an initiation, but it sure was, right? So just mm. they, come out, they come out of nowhere. And, you know, I don't want to speak from this platform of, um, I'm just speaking from my experience. So that's all I can speak from, okay? That doesn't make me any better than anybody or more spiritual than anybody or, you know, I'm just here to share my experiences and my perceptions. So I have to make that clear. Okay. I'm just a little mm-hmm. bean. I'm a little yes. bean with a song. <laughs> la, la, la. So, <laughs> but I, I'm really, you know, because of what I've been through with initiations, and I'm sure there's more to come. It's very humbling to be on the planet now. Um, mm. It's very humbling and it's very gracious to connect with the whole of life, you know, it's just an honor. Mm. And, you know, I feel as though I've been on a really magical path since, since my awakening, for want of a better word, you know, that was really really big kicks from the universe <laughs> to, to yeah, shift me onto a new path. But mm-hmm. I've been so blessed by by so many revelations in terms of my purpose and my origins and everything else and, and a lot through doing this radio show, you know, and through Beautiful. doing the festival and everything. And mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that I've I've learnt is that everything that we've experienced in our life is significant and to me it's like you're working through an apprenticeship and I look back over the various different things I did uh you know professionally and um you know in in uh in the rest of my life (laughs) and the Mm -hmm. the components that are being brought together into integration it's like wow now i see the significance of each experience in bringing me to where i am today and i'm you know i'd I'd love to explore with you how you see the different stages of of your life leading up to this point for example you know what what led you to become the professor of health and kinesiology, for example, and how do you see that in relation <laughs> to, you know, what you're moving forward with now? Yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to sing, right? So, mm. you know, and um, what happened was I became a really good athlete young and in high school. And so I was really shy. I, I was such a shy person when I was younger. And in many ways I am now, but in, in other ways I'm not. But <laughs> my point is that um, 
my success in sports sort of carried me along where I just, I don't even think I felt grounded on the earth till later on. But, um, so I got, uh, some scholarships to play soccer in junior college and then, uh, at George Washington university in Washington, DC. And I, and I just floated. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll get my degree in exercise science. Sure. You know, I, I wasn't even in my body, honestly. I was just a really good athlete, and I did okay in my undergrad. And then after my um, undergrad, I got a BS in uh, exercise science from GW. And then I lived um, in New Jersey alone for three years, and I was just a rock star. I mean, I worked during the day as a physical therapy assistant, and then I was in a band. I was in this heavy metal band. (laughs) It's kind of funny. The name of it's called Miss Mystery. Can you believe it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, you know, one day after three years, you know, of working and singing in a band and I was a waitress at my friend, uh, my friend Bobby Smith who played for the New York Cosmos. He had a bar. So I was a waitress there at night. And one day I was sitting in this house, this room in this house where I was renting and I was sitting on the bed and I just had this like revelation. I'm like, wow, is this really all there is in my life? I'm just going to keep going on this circle. And, and then I knew I need to make a change. So I called my mom up that day and I said, Hey mom, she says, Hey, what you doing? I said, I'm coming home. And at this point they lived in Pensacola, Florida. Mm. And, um, so, you know, my my brother had gone to University of West Florida, and um, I said, I'm coming home. She said, when? I said, next week. <laughs> so, she said, really? Oh, my God. You, know? so I said, you didn't hang around um, then. <laughs> no, I just, boom. And so I drove home 17 hours the next week. Home was wherever my parents was. I lived in a nice house. And uh, so I lived with them, and I went for my master's degree, and I coached Division II women's soccer for two years and then I started on this path of health education nutrition and fitness I got a few jobs after that then I started teaching well all along I'm doing music and that's where I met Nikki um, my bandmate from Jayla I met her in Pensacola we started Jayla and so from there we, we moved to Orlando and then to LA where I got the college professor position and uh, I was doing music synergistically and doing really well, you know, and uh, Nikki and I did really well. We opened up for so many national bands, Pat Benatar, Gavin DeGraw, Train, I mean, just the list goes on. And so, but we never broke it through. Mm. So all along while I was teaching, you know, health, I knew that, that it was my mission to touch the lives of others through health-related concepts. And, of course, I added holistic concepts and, you know, caused a little riff at one point in my <laughs> job. But, you know, it it all worked out. And um, I just knew, I'm trying to make a long story short. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry, we've got plenty of time. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I don't want to take up the whole conversation, but... Um, I just knew it was time. There were some revelations that I had and the songs that I were writing, uh, that I was writing were just really, it was just, 
it's just time, you know, and I think the whole convergence of what's going on in the world and the collective energy and where my energy is versus all the initiations and experiences that I cultivated through teaching thousands of all, all ages of humans. So here I am, you know, I'm on the, the precipice and the first song on my record is called The Verge. And I'm on the verge of something amazing. You know, got to live the passion in my heart. And so this is sort of where I am right now. And I totally trust. And I'm, I'm so excited because all I want to do is sing people into love, you know, or share stories or information that can potentially empower somebody because it, people have to choose to be empowered, right? So all we can do is share and, and so this is where I am. <laughs> mm. and music I am is, yeah, music is such a powerful medium for doing that, isn't it? Because, you know, I, I wrote a, one of my blog posts was about, you know, how to keep your vibration high. And one of the greatest ways of doing that is through music, listening to music for those that don't play it or produce it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, you can often communicate a message in music that really touches people that perhaps they wouldn't get through another medium. Yes. And, and that's why I do it because of the feedback that I get. And, you know, just, it's just otherworldly what I've experienced sharing my music. It's, it's a circle of reciprocity really, you know, Mm. I'm singing and what comes back and this whole energy, you know, is just, it's healing all of us. It's, it's bringing us all into love. And, you know, I, I have a song called new vibration and it's going on the record. And, uh, you know, I, I just really think it's time to have some fun. You know, my new record's going to be dancey and, um, I want people to feel good with the music and the lyrics and, you know, I'm a big promoter in conscious music that I'm responsible for what I put out there in the grid. Um, it will come back. And so what I'm putting out is intentionally infused with love and honor and truth. And, and sometimes truth, it's not always fun, you know, but it's, uh, it's part of our journey and, um, I'm I'm excited to share. I really am. Yeah, and I must say, you know, the the experience at the festival, we had so much fun, and a lot oh, of the yeah. a lot of the <laughs> photos that I put into the, um, the the short video that I did afterwards was of you know, it was all in that in that hall, you know, dancing yeah. and having lots of fun, and and right. you know, uh, here in Durango, of course, I'm close to Lisa. Lisa right. Byrne, who mm-hmm. who actually performed there with you, a lovely lady, with her didgeridoo. I mean, that was my mm-hmm. first experience <laughs> of hearing that instrument. And boy, is it powerful, you know? Yeah. Yes, I was just talking to her yesterday. I'm going to have her on my um, my new record, Avalon Rose. So we were talking about her digits, and it's so powerful. It's so earth friendly, right? It's mm. it's such an earth based instrument, and you know, uh, she's amazing. And by the way, her and uh, her partner, Lori, own and distribute Epic Magazine. And, and it's 
it's just lovely what they're doing on that end. But um, yeah, it, she's amazing. And I'm very grateful to be working with her again, bring her in on it. So mm, yes. And, yeah. and, and of course, you know, the, the whole concept of music as a sound healer, you know, that, yeah. that again is, is, is powerful. I remember when she was doing some uh, sound healing sessions at the festival and the sound yes. coming out of that instrument is what I <laughs> somebody, it's like the voice of God, you know, so <laughs> yeah. amazing. They should use those in confessionals in the church. That would be funny. No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> Oh my God, I better repent. No, um, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely instrument. And she also plays flute and um, some other uh, Tibetan singing bowls. So right. okay, this, record, this record that I'm going to be doing is going to be filled with a lot of different types of things. And I'm so grateful because my two producers, Bob Horn of uh, Echo Bar Studios, he's worked with Michael Jackson, Akon, Usher. Oh, wow. Everclear, all these amazing bands, but he's known as one of the best engineers in the business. So he and uh, Nikki, Nikki Thompson, she goes by Nikki Star by now or right now, but um, she'll be, she's amazing, like an amazing ear. So I have these two wondrous co-producers and um, helping me and uh, I'm so excited. I'm just, every time I talk about it. I'm just my heart lifts, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, what, one thing that came to mind actually, which um, you know, I've I've read about several times, is mm-hmm. about the frequency that most music is produced at, and there's this um, this concept that music is produced at 440 hertz and actually it should be 432 hertz to really resonate with us are you familiar with that yeah i heard about that uh i heard that it was i'm not going to mention that person's name because i don't want to give it light but anyway um somebody uh had altered that on purpose to Mm. cause anxiety within the collective through music and so you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it really just depends on the person's reciprocity to vibration. But you can write some pretty good songs in 440, you know. But um, my buddy Troy, who might also be helping me on the record, he's, you know, we're going to try to do a song in 432, which is really more the heart chakra, relaxed kind of hurts and vibration. Um that's more uh, in synergy with the body's natural rhythms, right? And not the mm. So, yeah, you know, I don't really know. I don't really have a judgment on that or, or really much of an opinion. I know how it feels when I listen to it, and I can definitely hear the difference because he tuned my guitar and he goes, you got to listen to this, you know? And so I did notice it, but... Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I just, I, I don't have a, I don't really have a judgment on that. Does that make sense? Or, mm, or yeah, yeah, because 
Yeah, it was just something that came to mind, and I always follow those little trails, you know, and I just pulled something up on my computer, which is something, uh, an article <laughs> on collectiveevolution.com, and it's showing the difference <laughs> of the, res- the response of water to the different mm-hmm. frequencies and how mm-hmm. the 432 hertz actually produces like a flower shape. Um, which isn't happening with the 440. So I just thought I'd throw that into the mix for us to just touch on. But uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Well, I, yeah, I mean, you can have uh, different tones. Usually uh, a music composition would have a combination of different tones to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It could have a 440 bass and other types of tones that would balance that energy out. I don't know, you know, and I listen to meditation pieces before I go to bed sometimes with the different hertzes, and I can feel it in my chakras, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's a positive thing, Um, and it definitely relates to a sound healing intention, Uh, and I think also, too, it just really depends upon the intention of the writer, of the person, and I don't know how much of that would override the music being performed. Mm. So there's kind of different ways to look at it, but I'm open to learning more about how I can, you know, uh, add that into my musical pieces for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, as you say, it's, um, you know, there are multiple influences there, aren't there, in terms of the the intention, the energy, and the language that you use that mm-hmm. is, is powerful because words are, you know, manifestations of thought and intention aren't they so you know Mm -hmm. i think that's why you know some of these rap songs can be really horrendous because of the message that they're putting out there um although having said that i was befriended on facebook by a guy who actually writes conscious rap music and it was uh the the song that i uh, listened to was fantastic because it was giving this message of consciousness through rap to really appeal to that you know that younger generation that really likes that kind of music so we all have our different ways of conveying our message don't we yeah you know I learned something about that from my good friend Tahita she's actually one of my spiritual uh companions and we had a conversation over the weekend and I and I was talking to her last weekend in LA and I was talking to her and I was like man you know I want to create more more conscious music and some of these lyrics and some of these songs you know I just I don't understand them she goes but you know what you got to look at it this way she said you know that could be the only way those people that are singing those songs that you don't resonate with, maybe some, for example, some of those rap, the rap music, that that people can express uh, what they went through or how they alchemize, you know, a certain experience, right? So, mm. and I thought, wow, and she's like, you know what, maybe that's that's part of their path to evolve into more of a it helps them evolve themselves into a more conscious, uh, I don't even know what the word is, uh, a, a more a more self-aware songwriting process where they understand that they're affecting other people. 
Like, mm. So so now I'm like, okay, I accept. And I was like, okay, I accept and I respect all forms of music, but I choose conscious music for myself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And not only in your music, but in your expression <coughs> across the board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mm. think it's important to, you know, <clears throat> learn how to transcend the duality within ourselves. Before absolutely. We project, before we project it out on in unhealthy ways. You know, so... So what what would you say are the most significant experiences that you've had in terms of, you know, your awakening, your um, consciousness and so on? Well, I mean, I really choose to keep a lot of that private. But, uh, um, but um, you know, it's so crazy because... Sometimes the biggest revelations come from the simplest experiences. So, for example, I'll give you one experience that I had um, when I met this boy in Sedona in a park. And uh, just the way he interacted with me really brought something out of me um, and reminded me, you know, of what I, I was capable of perceiving within myself, right? And so a sense of sovereignty and simplicity. So, you know, you never know where the revelations are going to come from. Like there was a homeless man when I lived in L.A. before and I moved down here to Atlanta and then I'm going back to L.A. But um, he lived outside my apartment complex and... I walked by him one day and I just went up to him and uh, he had the most deep blue eyes. And I said, hey, man, how are you? How did you get out here? You know, he's like, ah, you don't want to know my story. I said, well, what's your name? He said, my name is me. And I'd like to keep it that way. And so, (laughs) you know, just that sentence just hit me to the core because if we're all one, he's a part of me. And and that was the message. And so he was a great teacher for me because I would walk by him, you know, a lot. And I would, uh, sorry about that. Um, I would walk by him a lot and just talk to him. And, you know, and uh, he was a master. He was an angel. Because mm. he reflected me so purely by just saying, my name is me. In other words, that's, that's really profound, actually, isn't it? I, I mean, know, it sounds I like know. a very simple statement, but it's almost like a Yoda type <laughs> I know. statement. Yeah, and so that's the spirit. And if I wasn't in the place with myself where I was at, I wouldn't have got that. Mm. I would have been like, what are you talking about? Your name's me. Really? <laughs> you know? But I really took that into my heart and I was like, clunk, you know, I was like, home. <laughs> and uh, so those are some of the things that really shift me are kind of everyday things that open the eyes of my heart and make me realize just how beautiful God is in everything. This great divine tapestry is woven right before our eyes and 
we haven't been able to see it. A lot of people don't see it. And I, as long as I say to myself and do this, keep the eyes of my heart open wherever I am in whatever present space I'm in, you know, life is magical. I mean, I've had so many magical experiences. Like one was, uh, I actually held a hummingbird in my hand and just the way that interacted with me, like that's magical, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm, it's okay, but like, it's just life is mad. I have so many magical experiences in my life that sort of bring me into this revelation of oneness, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree because I remember, you know, I said this um, quite a few years ago when I really became aware of this, you know, a bit like you, I, I just felt out of place growing up, you know, as if I didn't belong in this environment. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the the biggest influences for me in terms of my awakening was my horse, which was, um, you know, an extremely challenging experience at the time, but was so influential in terms of where I am today. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, this is one of the reasons why I wanted the festival to be in an environment of nature. You know, people were saying, well, why don't you have it in this place in the middle of Denver? And it was like, no, this is the wrong place. Because to me, a lot of the issues in the world are because of people's separation from nature. And um, mm -hmm. the one of the the really powerful aspects of the festival I think was the location <coughs> the energy of the mountains the elk walking through and and so on and it was you know and I'm very tuned into that to, to nature I see the signs from from the animals from the birds you know I, I mm -hmm. I've noticed recently there's a kingfisher always appears and you know <laughs> kind of swoops down in front of me and a lovely bird and we've got yeah. quite a, quite a lot of geese here and I absolutely love the geese I love the sound that they make you know and they're so coordinated when they're flying in their flocks yes. and you know yes. it's just beautiful um mm -hmm. So, yeah, I completely get what you're saying about that experience with the homeless guy. One of the funny things that happened to me when when I was, uh, you know, interviewing speakers for the festival, mm -hmm. uh, one of them, uh, and it was all done over the phone, you know, just to make sure that they were in alignment with the mission and everything. And one guy said to me, he said, you do realize you're not doing this festival for anybody else. You're doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and it was like really <laughs> and thankfully I, I'd done enough work on myself not to kind of say what do you mean I'm doing it for me <laughs> of course I'm not doing it for me but he was absolutely right because that experience brought to the surface so many core issues that I was challenged by you know it was an incredible experience and you know to actually 
succeed in in delivering it and with the outcome that we had at the end with the clap of thunder from above you know yeah. it was just <laughs> gratifying but it was it was like a it was like a a quest you know for me to to actually achieve that which was a divine mission where failure was not an option you know i had to do it so it's interesting how just some some the little things that people say can really bring an awareness to you, as you said, with your yeah. home sky. Yeah, and it's like sometimes they're just saying it in a natural flow. They don't sometimes what people say, you don't realize or they don't realize the impact till later. So, mm. you, you know, like, whoa, you know, and. It's just great because when you can listen to everybody without your ego getting in the way and you can use that as the divine speaking to you, even if you don't like it, even if, mm-hmm. you, if you can listen to it and go, you know what, maybe they're right. That's yeah. food. That's what you call daily bread. That's what you yes. call food for the soul, man. Absolutely. And of course, you know, there's so much judgment about homeless people. And yeah, I'm not saying this is everyone, but some of these people have the greatest courage in terms of saying no to the conventional paradigm and say, I am not prepared to be part of this, um, you know, race for money and possessions and everything else and to be subjected to, you know, that kind of conventional corporate life and so on. And, you know, in some respects, that is really treading your own path. Yeah, I mean, really, what is a home, right? So mm. if, you're, if you're home in your soul and in your body, the external, you know, what is that, right? So there's many people that uh, they don't feel at home in their own skin, but yet they have, you know, big houses and money and and they're just miserable. So it's just what is a home, right? What is a home? What is it to feel at home? is to feel that peace within the skin that you're in, right? Absolutely. And, so and, and I must Yeah, I must say, ever since leaving the UK, I've I've felt like a nomad. Even though we were four years in Austin, mm-hmm. you know, living in a very nice house that was provided. Um but it was never a, it never felt permanent. And, you know, recently I've really felt the desire to be free to travel, to be free to go where I choose to go and not be tied down to anything in any particular place. How did you feel when you were living in that place? Did you feel like, oh, this is my home because it's a nice home? Or did you feel like this is temporary? I just felt this is temporary. Yeah. Um, And... You know, it's felt that way ever since coming over here. And I don't think that the, the, the country feels like home more so than, than the UK now, actually. But it's not in any particular fixed place. <laughs> I, it's almost <laughs> like I need to go where I'm called to go, you know? Right, right. And so. I feel like that too. I feel like, you know, I actually have never felt at home anywhere right (laughs) when i'm hiking in sedona and i'm out on the 
you know, on the Red Rock Trail or I'm in the mountains or in Sedona, I, I really feel at home. And sometimes when I go back to Jersey, I feel at, at home. That's because my friends make me feel at home. But I understand how you feel. And I, and I really think a lot of people feel that way. Their root chakra has a hard time grounding on Gaia. And I think there's a whole lot of other reasons for that, you know, being of, I think, personally, we're all from galactic origins, you know. So, um, and that's another conversation, right? But my point is, I understand how you feel. And it really is about the mission, right? Mm, yes. And actually, interesting, you should say that, but um, one of the guests I had on the show is an Akashic <coughs> Records reader, and she did a soul profile for me mm. and um, identified my origin, which is galactic, <laughs> mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. my superpowers, which are truth and power, interestingly. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of make makes sense. And, uh, you know, we do have a mission here i'm sure to to really support this whole process that that gaia and and the inhabitants of gaia are going through not only people but the whole you know the whole environment is going through an ascension process yeah i mean we're here to connect the dots with each other and um you know like vibration attracts life vibration and um you know it's it's time to rise we have to we have to come together now in groups to really make uh more vibrational impacts upon the planet so you know you're talking about festivals you know i'm all in you know i can (laughs) help you with that because i really really think it's important to start banding together because you know there's so many reasons why but you know I I just feel like that's our role to focus on, right? So I was talking with myself, me, myself, and I, all three of us. (laughs) Yeah. There's a song in there somewhere. I was a fan of James Stone Armour Trading. (laughs) But, um, you know, because when I look at the world and I look at the media and I look at the political puppet show and I look at everybody's reaction and I look at the hearsay news, there's shows and there's news built upon hearsay. It's like (laughs) the truth is, you know, an evading illusion. But my point is when I'm looking at all of this, I have to say to myself, what's my focus? I need to focus in here. And that's sort of what I've done in the past years. Let's get down to the business here. Let's get down to my soul mission. And, you know, there are certain things that just, you know, upset me during the day when I see certain things going on in the world. And I'm like, well, I don't want to fight that bad, but I need to pray about it and let it go and focus with clarity on my mission, on my talents and what I came to serve. Because I think so many people get distracted by all of this external stuff that's just sort of out of in disharmony. I think it's time for us to, to hone within to go within and go, okay, why did I come here? What are the things that I'm passionate about? How can I help humanity become in tune with harmony? And so that's because if you're sitting there wasting your energy going, damn, I'm pissed off. I can't believe they do that. And I can't believe this, and blah, 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 right? That's energy wasted and gone nowhere, right? 
But yeah, well, it. actually, not gone nowhere. It's it's gone into feeding right. that negative right. side of things. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, for me, like that didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Not positively, but it just sent out a bunch of collective debris that just fed the, like you said, the exactly <laughs> the collective fiasco. But um. So really, I think it's for light workers and people that are owning their soul and becoming conscious about this path of, of soul service in the world. I think it's time we start to hone in and and just let things that don't resonate fall away, fall away. And and not that we don't have compassion, not that we don't hold space. It's just that our energy is so precious and we really need to be asking ourselves, what is it that I came here to do? And how can I best serve myself and serve others at the same time to contribute to the collective conscious evolution of the planet? Okay? Mm. So that's kind of where I, where I am with myself right now. I think that's a wonderful message. And it's probably a good point at which to say, why don't you share your contact details with people at this point, And then we'll go into the uh, musical interlude. Yeah, sure. Um, if somebody would like to contact me, uh, I have a website, dianerosekelly.com. And uh, email there, truevalor7 at gmail.com. And I'm also on all the social media um, outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and things like that. <laughs> and, of course, you must mention your YouTube channel as well, where people can actually oh, go yeah. and listen to your music. Yes, YouTube channel, Diane Rose Kelly, as well as SoundCloud. Um, I have a SoundCloud uh, page as well. It's DRose7 for SoundCloud. But everything's listed up uh, on my website. Lovely. Okay. And, you know, I would really suggest people go and listen to Diane's music because it is brilliant. (laughs) It's so uplifting. It's absolutely wonderful. So we're a couple of minutes short, but it just seemed like a good point to to break at this point. So, Nancy, if you'd like to play some music, then we can have our little comfort break before we continue with this amazing conversation that we're having. Okay. This is a song by Diane Rose Kelly, Link Up.
And I'm assuming that you will allow me to keep that on the YouTube. 
Sure, of course. Thank we, you. We normally, for copyright purposes, have to take off any songs we play during breaks, but you're the one. You're the you're the only person that would sue us. So. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Thank you. It was lovely. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate you. Yeah, I absolutely love that song. Thank you. It's just brilliant and just shows how talented you are. And interesting, you should say that to Nancy. She always says to me, I appreciate you. You obviously share the same expressions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's important to let people know you appreciate them, you know. Absolutely, yes. So welcome back to the Cosmic Creating Show. This is Jan Moore, your host, The Success Alchemist at www.successalchemist.net. And my guest today is the lovely Diane Rose Kelly, such a talented lady and such a light in this world. So we've been having a lovely conversation and I'd really like to just change the subject slightly um, and ask you about your experience as a professor and obviously you're you've been teaching a lot of young people and interacting a lot and I know from your Facebook posts and things they absolutely loved you which is not no surprise but you know one of the things that has come up recently in a number of shows is is how a lot of young people are really struggling. There's a lot of depression amongst teens. We even talked about the level of medication that these some of these young people are being subjected to. You know, what's your experience having had such a close involvement with the the age group that uh, we're talking about? Well, my experience teaching. Uh, college students was wondrous. I mean, I uh, taught at a junior college, Pierce College in Los Angeles, and um, I I actually had all ages uh, in my classes, which was beautiful. But um, in particular, the young people, because I also had high school, probably 13 to 25 when you're you're talking about that that age group. Um, I really saw... Uh, a lot of advanced humans, right? And I saw a lot of kids that were uh, emotionally deterred because of a label called ADHD, which mm. I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, and I would tell them straight out. But I do believe, while I say that, I do believe there are uh, different types of learning abilities, and and I and I was. And I would say to them, you have a, uh, your own unique ability. You don't have a disability. There's only one of you. So, mm. you know, uh, I really think this whole concept of students with disabilities, we need to get rid of that. Because, first of all, what young people are doing is internalizing labels because they're not strong enough yet to understand that they can transcend the label by just being themselves. Does that make sense? Completely, so, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, labels can be so damaging. Right, and I and I remember, like, several students would be like, well, Miss Kelly, I have ADHD, so I can't blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I don't want to hear that you can't, and I don't want to hear that you have ADHD because that's not a disability to me. That's an advanced brain chemistry to me, okay? Mm. And so I would really try to empower them 
to, you know, see themselves as unique because everybody is, right? And so yes. there's so many things with young people, like older people are are saying young people feel entitled. And I, I don't like that because I don't think they feel entitled. I think they just come in with their truth and they're going to assert themselves where a lot of adults are not in their authentic truth and they're calling them out. So that's mm. one aspect. And I know we have a lot of young people that are, have been misguided and their energy is running rampant and maybe they do some dumb things. But if you just take a look at all of these drugs, <clears throat> depression medication, right? Mm, yes. I think there was a, a research done at Ohio State University, like 40% of the student body had some type of anxiety or depression, and that's hideous. So there's something going on in our collective uh, world here in America, collective society. We're not, we're not bringing young people in. In fact, society does not even address young people. It's all about people that are older adults. And so that's one of the things I brought up at um, Conscious Life Expo in a panel that Barbara Marks Hubbard was doing. And she said, we need a call to change our society. And I stood up and I said, you know, our society has to change in a drastic way to include the young people. And so because the young people are our future and they don't have a map for their soul. So that's why I... I wrote this book called You Don't Need Permission to Be Yourself, Own Your Co-Creation Story, and it's in edit phase right now. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it's a map so that they can understand that you're, you're not, your life is not subjected to boxes and labels. You don't need permission to be yourself. And do you feel that the fact that these young people are so evolved, that that the the depression and the anxiety are caused by a mismatch with the 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 world that they're being expected to fit into. I think that's a large part of it, but I also think they don't have they they don't have many people validating their inner experiences, right? So that's what I tried to do as a health professor in a public paradigm was teach my health-related courses uh, according to a whole-person concept. And Mm. so, you know, uh, and that meant teaching them the power of presence, the power of being present to where your body is. Because I would tell them, when you come through that door, my life, everything going on in my life is outside that door. All that really matters is you. So, this is my life and this is your life. We're in here together. It's a great circle of energy. Let's share some information here, you know, and Mm. let's operate on respect. And so that right away made them relax in my classroom because I wanted them to know that I respected them. And that's so brilliant because so much, you know, I don't know what it's like these days because I've not been involved in the educational system. But, you know, two things come to mind. One is that a lot of the teaching that I was experiencing was done from a place of superiority rather than that respect. And that 
there is this pressure to conform and to, you know, one of the things that I really question is this whole thing about kids being put under pressure to be straight A students in everything. Well, we're not here to be good at everything. We're here to be good at the things that we, you know, the gift, we're here to maximize the gifts that we've brought in that are matched to our mission. And it really damages the self-esteem of, of, of kids when you know they're not celebrated for the things they're good at they're often um you know um not punished necessarily but demeaned for the things that they haven't necessarily achieved such high you know such good results from and and that to me is the source Mm -hmm. of so much you know the people i work with that the the issues are so much around self-esteem because of experiences that they've had, particularly in those years where they're so influenced by authority figures. Right. And, and I think there's two main issues to respond to that. First, many adults have unintelligent emotional bodies. Okay. So they're still stuck in authority figure mode. Mm. So all they know how to be is an authority figure. And so they're not yet in their hearts where they can respect all people as souls in a body. They look at people as it's ageism, right? So you're a kid, just, you know, say nothing and, you know, be nothing and don't be heard. Just listen to what I say, those kinds of things. And the second thing is that we live in a society that believes in competition. Mm. I don't believe in, I don't believe in competition. I believe in doing your very personal best your very personal best comes from your soul. Let me help you bring that out, right? So those two things, so how do we fix that? Well, okay, so how do we meet on this bridge? Well, since older adults don't really have much time, they want to slow down time. So young people are teaching them to be in the moment, to be present and to and to enjoy their experience. And so older people are teaching young people how to focus, how to be in the moment, right? So we're meeting in the moment. So what are you bringing to the table to the moment, right? So I I always say that adults are in self-recovery while young people are in self-discovery. So how do we meet? How do we respect that? we have a different perceptual reality in the educational system so that we can teach to student oriented, um, you know, we, we teach to the student, not to a paradigm or not to the left brain memory bank. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit like what you were saying about the homeless guy. I mean, some of the things that, young people can can express you know can be really enlightening <laughs> you know oh, beautiful mm-hmm. yeah and and if, if 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 the if that's lost in this attitude of author, authoritarianism you know people are missing so many gifts in terms of what they're expressing to us yeah and you know if you think about it that's how society had to make sense of his reality is to have authority figures. And so, but the only authority figure really is the soul. So Mm. 
at the end of the day, you got to have some help trying to understand your soul because that's not information that's readily available as it should be, right? So, you know, um, and and that's sort of what I tried to facilitate in that. And while I was teaching, was just just sort of understand, help them to understand. If I could, the bigger picture of your life is not memorizing things for a test that you won't remember a month later, and then you wave a piece of paper saying you got a degree. But if I tested you on all of that stuff, you wouldn't know it. And so it's just, to me, the the public school system really needs to shift into more of an integrative process all the way around you know so Mm. um wisdom is through experience and so the more you're doing something the more you do the data the more that data becomes you and you're you're synergistic with it you're not just memorizing it for you know state budgets or whatever yeah and and life itself is an exploration isn't it so it makes sense that 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 um learning process should be exploratory yeah it's so important uh knowledge really is the key to um humanity's evolution you know i think love is our spiritual evolution and revelation but knowledge really is the key to change to making the right choices with our free will so it's knowledge you know and and then from there at some point in life, you know, an experience will solidify that for you or not. That piece of knowledge you might not ever have a relatable experience to, but that's okay, you know. So it's just about, like you said, our journey, our 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 personal journey. Mm, absolutely. And, um, you know, it seems to link to this dominance by the you know the masculine energy and we were we were chatting about this before the show about you mm-hmm. know that that the current shift that's going on is is much more to bring the feminine energy back into um into balance so that we're not dominating we're not trying to remove the the masculine energy we're trying to bring a balance in and of course you were mentioning about you know competition and uh that logical side of us that um has really dominated the world in, over centuries actually and how the process mm-hmm. is to bring the feminine back in do you, how do you see that happening now uh, communication. I, I really think that I, I think that it's uh, the energy of communication and bridging how you feel, uh, being honest with how you feel. Because you know what you think and what you feel are two different things. So some people just stay on the mental level, and they don't really associate their life with feeling we've kind of been programmed for that right because we got to get stuff done but we're synergizing thinking and feeling and doing and consciousness and so you know the innate part of our souls is love love as a force we were created in love and so i i think that 
a lot is happening now around the woman's womb and as a sacred chalice of not only procreation, right, but of co-creation, of, you know, what are, what are we going to co-create? And women are really stepping into that second chakra um, and clearing it out because it's been under submission, right? So this dominance has really, if you think about, like, uh, in the 19, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to begin, but like, you know, say 1800s all the way up to the 1990s, right? And even still today, women are suppressed and they have emotional repression around the womb because of their safety and security issues. So, you know, basically what happened in a general sense is women married, but they didn't have their own job, usually someone in the military, right, Um, in certain generations. And so what happens is that, you know, you you become submissive to men because of your safety and security. And so a a lot of things happen with that. Like a lot of women are raped by their own husbands. Right. So mm. because they got nowhere to go, they're just going to shut up. And, you know, so and they didn't talk. They didn't dare carry their dirty laundry out. Right. So we come from all of this. Uh, I'm going to be blunt abuse around the womb, around the woman's womb. OK. And uh, from the uh, the dominant energy, the male dominant energy of control and power. Right. So sex was used as a way to demonstrate that. Right. So what happens to the womb? It it becomes a place of shame. It becomes a place of abuse and it's shut down. So not only do we shut down this whole reverence for our own ability to co-create as a woman in harmony with the earth, we also shut down our own co-creative energies to create something of our own soul nature so we're coming out of that now so when i say restore the womb we are actually restoring the sacred chalice of creation both to procreate human life and to co-create human envisioning as a woman so And then that also translates to men, too, because they have to engage their second chakra in a different way, right? So not not co-creation for power over others or superiority or independence, but synergistic harmony with women or men or, you know, it could just be two energies of women to women, right? So you could have two male energies in two female bodies. So it's an energy more than a biology, even though it's both. Does that make sense? Completely, because, you know, in my view, it's it's really about bringing it into balance within each individual. And, mm-hmm. you know, in my own case, I did a whole series of um, personality tests when I was in my corporate job in the UK. And it was part of a, a you know, a management team building exercise and so on. And one of the tests actually identified... Um, where your energy was more masculine or was more feminine. 
And no surprise to me, mine was actually more masculine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd always been very logical, very action oriented, uh, you know, very much a doer. And when um, I think it was in 2009, I had quite a, an incredible experience of really being it's difficult to describe it but it it was like I had an experience where I just got this very powerful message to do something that was illogical but it was intuitively (laughs) right you know it was like you know just follow your intuition woman (laughs) and it, it was like a switch had been flicked to switch on that intuitive side of me, bringing the feminine more into balance um, so that I could then use my intuition to lead me and my logic to support that rather than the other way around. And it was, you know, it, it was such a memorable moment for me and such a, a, a real milestone in terms of my awakening and my evolution and I think this is this is where I have an issue with some of the um, positive discrimination that goes on because you know it's not just about putting more women into power it's about women stepping into their own power and getting the balance of the masculine and feminine and the same with the men the men have to really you know get in touch with their feminine side to use a cliche because I've experienced women in power who have been horrendous they have been so aggressive so dominant so um just really self Self-serving, uh, rather, and, and the example is the company that I worked for in my last corporate job, where we had a really lovely CEO who was a guy who was nurturing. He he valued the people that worked there. You know, he thought of the bigger picture, and it was all about developing a really good culture. You know, co- company culture. And he was replaced when he was he was uh, promoted up to group level. He was replaced by a woman who sh- changed the culture overnight. That people intuitively knew they were. She was only wanting to exploit them for her own ends. She would scream at the board members. Um, you know, it's just the opposite of what you expect feminine energy to be like. So it's really about each individual um, recognizing the different aspects of themselves, the feminine and the masculine, and really bringing those into integration so that you can be strong and powerful, but you can also be nurturing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You said a lot in there. Um I think that when um, an individual understands their own energy and is conscious of it, uh, they look at how they're affecting other people. Now, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've realized that, you know, there are certain energies playing through people 
and it's it's really a sensitive uh, awareness to understand that you could be talking about something spiritual, but on the inside, you're just using that energy to feed your the very thing that you're trying to change. You're not changing to match that frequency you're talking about. You're just using that information to get energy. And that's a very, that's what's going on in our world right now with, you know, anybody can say anything, but the alignment of your spirit, of our spirit, only heaven knows, right? Unless you're very gifted, intuitive person and you understand the motivations of certain personality projections. But, you know, that the issue is, I think, when people are, they're wanting to step into their feminine power or shift their their way of being is they they haven't gotten there yet. They're, they're, something's blocking them, whether it's an ego thing or whether it's um, uh, uh, complacency. Complacency is the defeat of the souls. So you you know some people know all day long they they have to change, but they don't change because they like the energy that they're getting from where they're at, right? Mm. So. God is, you know, is truth, you know, and the truth is that the work is an inside job to cultivate your core because, you know, the balance of feminine and masculine is really the balance of heart listening versus mind focus and clarity. And in order to strike the balance, you have to understand yourself in space, right? You need space. You need silence. You need reflection. You need to just breathe. And so many people are just running here and there. And we live in this fast-paced society that the feminine is not cultivated in, in silence. And that's what the feminine is. It's, it's, it's receptive, right? So Yes. It's this receptive energy that sort of infuses every cell. It's this warm, nurturing energy. And you can't get that in the head, right? You can't. There's no way. The head has no, the mind in the head has no, it's like a foreign uh, entity to the heart the two have to build a bridge how do you build a bridge you build a bridge with your soul consciousness and you need space for that right so I'm just going to leave it at that because there's a lot to say about this I mean that's just one little piece right <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> we could yeah. philosophize about this for yeah. hours couldn't we <laughs> yeah so tell tell us about your new company, the True Valor Creative. What's the uh, mission behind that that you uh, launched January this year? Yeah, I, I put all my products under my new company because I want to maintain my sovereignty uh, at this point uh, with my music and and my creative pieces, uh, even though I, I may reach out to a publisher for my book. Um, but um, really, true valor. Wow, what does that word valor mean? 
Mm-hmm. So it's really uh, certain virtues that I choose to live by. And, it it strikes and, me very much about being the spiritual warrior, having valor. It's unto heaven, and that's how I look at it. It's unto the divine. At the end of the day, when I look back at my day, I want I want to do heaven's will. That's all I care about. I I'm not trying to impress people. I'm not trying to you know. I want people to love my music and like what I do, but it's for God. Everything I do is for God, right? So. That's that's why when I use the word valor, it's it's such a big word, and it's like mm-hmm. well, valor unto what, right? Valor unto heaven, and 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 so that's my personal, uh, you know, envisioning behind my company is is that I I want to work for heaven, right? For divine will, for divine work virtues, and so. That's what it's about. So integrity, authenticity, um, transparency, inspiration, reciprocity, service, community—you know, grace. So, so that—that's sort of that's what uh, you know. I want to represent uh, that word valor with all my creative projects. Mm. So when it comes to you know, you talk about your music and poetry. Do you combine the two? Do you use the poetry and the music, or do you do how do how does your creation process work in terms of the different um, different <laughs> forms in which you create? Well, I have to say it all flows like it can flow anytime, and so uh, I have a poetry book out called Reflections of a Visionary's Path. I have another one in the works called Lover of the Mystic Wind. And it's I have so much of it. It's just, there's so much. Like, I write every day, and uh, it just comes out. So what I'm going to do on this record is something a little different where I'm going to, you know, sort of have a little beat under my poetry and, and I'll go into the songs and stuff. It's kind of, that's how I did my, performance at the conscious life expo i talked a little bit of a little poetry a little you know pump up motivation and jumped into a song and then or a chorus and talked a little right so it'll all get mixed and uh mixed in and um integrated (laughs) integrated yeah i mean so so a lot of my songs have a lot of poetry in them too but it's just a stream. Like I can, I can write all day long if my hand wouldn't fall off. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I just let it flow. And it's just, just what comes into my soul. You know, it's, I spend a lot of time just asking questions to spirit and my, my guides and my angels and I get answers and it's pretty profound because there's stuff that I get, I would never ever think about, you know, and, uh, so I really appreciate that intuitive bridge that I've cultivated, you know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, you know, I think in a way we all channel that to some degree. I know when I've, you know, gone back and read a blog post or something that I've written and I look at it and I think, did <laughs> I really write that? <laughs> yeah. And no. even 
you know, when I'm working with clients and I'll, I'll say something and they'll say, oh, could you tell me that again? And I can't <laughs> because it's, it's yeah. like, oh, let me think now. <laughs> what was it? But, you know, it's just the answers <laughs> come through. And it's the same with the shows, you know. I, I will just intuitively get something that needs to come through in the show and that will lead us down a path. And that's how I, I like to go, you know, much more with the flow than any, you know, preconceived uh, set of questions, you know, because what yeah. needs to come yeah. out and come through will come through. Yeah, that's kind of how I did my, you know, I, I would teach like that. I would just, I would go by the book, but like I would just let the whole dynamic of the room kind of dictate some of the key parts of you know what my share was that day I don't like the word lecture I just it's just it it, it conveys talking down to and you know I, I really think that in a room there's a circle of of energy that's all equal and, and sharing but um yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. associated with you know you're given a lecture when you haven't performed or you you know you've been naughty you get lectured to so it yeah. definitely has some <laughs> negative connotations yeah but it's just me you know i don't i don't really mind if somebody says i'm giving a lecture here it's okay you know <laughs> it's all good it's just my own uh, usage of, of words you know but i love to let things flow too like that's when I go and I in my music room and I today I put on my electric guitar, I was like, I just want to rock it out, you know. <laughs> and it came up with this amazing groove, and it's just you get lost, and it's like, oh my god, I got to go to the bathroom. Damn it, <laughs> you know? I don't want to leave now, you know. So you just like you get into this space where you're like, you know, in this really lovely co-creation energy, and um, I'm in there a lot, and. Uh, you know, so that's why I have to go in nature and run outside and to ground because, you know, it's quite the quite the uh, stream. Yes. And, you know, it's one of the things in in Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth that talks about that absorption in when you're doing something that is ab absolutely part of your soul, you know, it's like the world stops and you lose any um, awareness of what's going on around you, you know, because mm -hmm. you're totally absorbed in what you're doing and um, almost, I won't say possessed by it, but it's like you're absolutely in the present moment and, uh, you know, nothing will interfere with that. Yeah, you know, I always, like, I say this, uh, focus makes the world fall away, right? So that just is proof that we are the placebo effect of our lives. Whatever we're focusing on becomes our reality, right? And so mm. it's, uh, that's why I don't really believe in age, because if, if, you know, age is just gravity, right? And we all need our levity and our gravity, but... You know, it's um, it's amazing once once you get into these creative spaces. I mean, everybody experiences it, but it's just like this timeless space. You know, mm -hmm. and, um, it's it's emerging of of divine essence into you know 
whatever whatever you're doing you're merging divine essence it's pretty cool yeah and to me it's it's the best illustration of the theory of relativity you know it's like when you <laughs> when you're absolutely absorbed and you're loving what you're doing time just flies past and then when you're doing something you really don't want to do and you know the time drags it's quite interesting the contrast mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know it's um yeah you know I guess we all are our own theory of relativity, right? But, <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, hard. because, you know, we're kind of taught in absolutes. And it was interesting when I was in Austin, you know, and people would complain about the heat in the summer. Oh, you know, it's 103 or something like that. And it's, it, it, again, it comes back to focus. And it, I wouldn't focus on the temperature I would just make sure that whatever I was doing, I did in a way that made me feel most comfortable. Because again, you know, the people post on Facebook, you know, that's, that compares, let's say people in Colorado who have got this temperature, you know, and, and, and they're, um, they're warm because it's 50 degrees and the people in Florida are complaining because it's 50 degrees and to them it's cold, you know? So there's so many examples of how our experience is all about how we judge things and how we choose Mm -hmm. to experience them rather than absolutes. Well, a lot of people like to recycle at nauseum, the the obvious, you know, I mean, how much, you can't talk about the weather, man. I mean, you must be bored. I mean, it's just it, not you. I'm just saying, like, you know, people, to start a conversation, they're like, yeah, it's so cold outside. Or, oh, it's, and it's, I get it. It's a way in, you know, but I'd be like, oh, I would be like, yeah, I'm really hot. God, I'm sweating. And it's like, you know, 20 degrees. But, you know, I, <laughs> It's just, you know, um, it's a way in, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, being different. English, the, the British <laughs> are renowned for always talking about I the weather. I love you, British people. I love you. <laughs> hey, hey, there. I want to go. <laughs> Well, yeah, as we said in a conversation a few weeks ago, maybe we can do a, a trip together because, of course, yeah. you know, family, is, family and friends are over there and it's one of my intentions. I'm focusing on the ability to spend, you know, a lot more time over there than I have been able to do in the last mm-hmm. few years. So, so yeah. yes. <laughs> Abbey Road calls. Abbey Road calls. I have to record there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what are your future plans um in terms of your art work in, in in all these genres what are you what are your plans for 2018 Uh I don't you know I don't plan very far ahead I mean I have long term goals but what I'm what I'm thinking right now is I'm going to go back to LA I'll be back in uh end of March beginning of April I'm going to start my record and um what I really want to do with this record is make people dance, but I also want to produce it so I can do theater shows, right? So that's that's one of the things I want to do is is have uh, the production as such that I can go into a theater and get some backing tracks and perform and have some tracks live and some dancers and really make it an experience, right? So that's that's kind of like the short term and the long term. Um, I'm also getting my health coach certified. 
education because, you know, I think I'm, I'm always going to be probably teaching and, um, something about health. And so I want to start, you know, having my health coaching, um, business on the side is, and I'm Reiki, uh, certified one and two. So, and I studied shamanism and I have all of these skills. So I'm just, you know, I'm just going to go back to LA and, and, uh, work on my new record, push my new single link up, which is available on iTunes and, uh, get my new book edited and, um, get my health coaching. That's all. <laughs> mm, yeah. And it's great That's to all. hear, it's great to hear all that because, you know, um, I think we accumulate so many skills that over our lifetime that, that were guided to, you know, at one point I was looking back and saying, why did I go down this path? You know, why did I not follow a different path because it was interesting a conversation I had yesterday with uh, Claudia Davis who was at the festival she wasn't right. a speak but um, she does angel clearings and the like and um, you know I have had this real passionate love for animals of all species but also particularly the horse from from us you know from my first memory and she was actually saying to me you know have you have you thought about working with animals because one of the less you know the I was saying earlier my horse had such a huge influence on me and it was through something that at the time was absolutely disastrous because this horse had had a complete breakdown and become really dangerous and I I took on his rehabilitation and he taught me about the nature of fear about how to overcome fear how to manifest how to focus on outcome not problems he taught me so much and also taught me how to really communicate energetically and in, with empathy and with harmony and all of these things. And it's Beautiful. it's been kind of out there in terms of, you know, I really ought to incorporate this much more into what I'm doing. Um, so I've got my, you know, my coaching certification and I'm combining the the mindset work and the metaphysical and spiritual with the business and the practical that I've um, had experience with. And I really mm-hmm. want to bring in that equine um, element to it because, you know, we learn so much from these animals. They're such incredibly intuitive creatures. They're just amazing. So, uh, you know, I, I absolutely empathize with what you're saying about bringing these different things into a really powerful mix. And it's just, you know, how how do we integrate these to really deliver great value in what we do? Yeah, and that's so beautiful with the horses. I mean, even when people get up on the horse, that's life-changing, you know. Mm. Like, uh, And uh, I, I think it's great because that's why animals are here. They're here to teach us about ourselves and also offer us companionship, you know. And so, um, gosh, that could be a whole other show, but... Um, Indeed, (laughs) because, you know, my horse was actually delivered to my doorstep. It was quite an amazing, I mean, obviously sent 
it was a divine he was a divine um gift to me that was so connected with my purpose i have absolutely no doubt about that yeah. at all yeah i feel like that um with my dog joey thomas you know mm-hmm. um, he, he's taught me a whole lot i never had a male dog before so you know <laughs> i had to step up into my divine masculine and show him who's boss but <laughs> um i think we're that a lot of light workers are stepping into their multitasking because we're multidimensional now mm. right so that's service that's that's big service for the divine because god is using us to for his plan or her plan and um and I really think it's beautiful to use all the skills, you know, as long as we balance it with recipe and um, exercise and all that kind of stuff, right? So mm. um, it's important. I've always kind of been multidimensional um, in my life, and I never thought that I would be. I I thought, wow, well, I'm just going to do music and that's it or whatever. And I now I realize that, you know, I want to be of optimal service through my talents uh, for other people and for myself, right? So um, mm. it's cool. It's cool. It's a really cool thing uh, to do. Yeah, that. and I, I I agree. You know, I've had a similar experience. You know, my mum used to say, you know, you're good at everything because <laughs> I could kind of turn my hand to so many different things, you know, not just the – the intellect but the practical you know I could do things with my hands and you know I'm not saying I'm good at everything I'd love to be a better artist than (laughs) than I am but you know I think if you think about it we're bringing in experiences from multiple lifetimes as well are we not so you know something in fact Claudia was saying yesterday and I've joked about you know I was a horse in a previous life and <laughs> I think that's probably the case, you know, because uh, she was saying that she'd been reading one of Dolores Cannon's book, um, uh, who did, who developed QHHT, which is quantum hypnosis healing technique, which is based mm-hmm. on past life regression and about mm-hmm. a lady who had actually been a redwood tree in California mm-hmm. for hundreds of years you know and was experiencing that consciousness and there's consciousness in everything and I've even read one where somebody was a rock you know and we kind of look at what we call inanimate objects as not having consciousness but if you touch a rock you can actually feel the vibration of that rock it's uh so yeah. i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if i was uh, a horse in a previous life because they've played such an important part in this life you know so such right. a significant right. um influence which has nothing to do with the sport you know it was nothing about the, the sport although i did enjoy some of that it was a, a case of being with those beings <laughs> you know yeah. yeah you have a horse consciousness within your consciousness so that's you know Mm. where all life is connected right so essence is the same but manifestation is different and so you know we're merging different types of sentient life you know on the planet and off the planet and 
we can, you know, talk about that too, but you know, it's, it's beautiful. What's in our consciousness to co-create harmony on the planet, you know? And, um, yes. And well, the, Go ahead, yeah, one of the interesting books that I read was called the holographic universe by Michael Tolbert. And mm-hmm. it really talks about how, um, you know, if the universe is a hologram, then uh, the nature of a hologram is the whole is encapsulated in even the smallest segment of it. So that kind of explains how we are holograms. And so we represent the whole of the universe and everything that's in it. And if you if you look at the construction of a cell, it's almost like a little universe in itself. It's really oh, fascinating yeah. stuff. It's a little frame, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'm really fascinated by cellular biology because, you know, we're basically water and light, right? So mm. water and light, light being energy that, you know, comes from just the field that we're in and the sun. And then the water is, the cell is like this chemistry lab where water and light converge and create these different states, you know, of health and uh vibratory beingness really so um it's it's really interesting when we start to think in terms of well i projected a part of my higher self into this you know it's star trek right Oh, man, you know, let me have my hologram, you know. Well, that's why uh, it's so funny that um, Nancy created the intro to my show as a Star Trek (laughs) entry. So, you know, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you watch Star Trek, which, I mean, I don't really watch TV except sports and a couple of other type history shows. And but I watch Star Trek because it's brilliant. You know, it's actually, you know, a lot of truth to what some of the well, episodes are, you know. Yeah, interestingly, I read that um, it was it was channeled. Jean Rodenbury, and I can't remember the name of the woman who actually channeled this information, but it's based on channeled information, not just, you know, made up, which I found really interesting. Yeah, it's so so um, so interesting, and that was a show where I could use as a bridge in my classroom. You know, mm. when I'd be talking about energy and, and just chakras and auras and stuff, and just the matrix, and you know, I, I wouldn't talk about it like that was my main subject, you know. But I would always refer to. I'm going to Star Trek you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Has anybody in here watched Star Trek? Mm. It's just a way to just sort of, you know, it's a way into other thinking, you know, to other experiences. But, um, yeah, life is fascinating. And that's why, you know, I'm very grateful that I have a practice of meditation and stillness and breath work and prayer because it sort of puts it into perspective because you will never have all the answers you will never you don't it's like we're just floating along and it's such a great backdrop to be able to sit in the void of nothing and just be Mm. 
without doing anything. And it's that's the place where the divine is showing us, you know, what creation is in this space, in this void, in this breath place, you know. It's it's so cool. It's so cool. So, you know, I bring that space into my external world and I my vision becomes clear about why I'm in that space, you know, because I've taken that time, you know, um, and not hinged on the, you know, my life on a treadmill of just doing, 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 money, doing, 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 and it's just, you know, we're human beings, we're not human doings. <laughs> exactly right? what was in my mind, yes, as you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it was a big challenge for me to, because I'm a, you know, I'm a great fan of human design, Jovian archive profiling, because it's very much focused around your energy profile. And uh, it's something I share with clients, you know, they, they look at their energy profile and <laughs> as a, a manifesting generator, which is my profile, it's like I am very much of a doer, you know. And so I have to really consciously slow down to do the being <laughs> rather than just no, it, the it, doing. I don't think you have to slow down. I think you just have to, you may have to prioritize your energy. That's all. You don't have to slow down. You just have to make pockets mm. where you're, you're just taking yourself away wherever you're going away go away <laughs> you know well, that, that's the beauty of having a dog <laughs> that, yeah, right? that i walk I mean, three times a day you know and i'm yeah. very blessed because i you know i'm able to walk in nature and see the birds and nice. uh, um, you know it's sometimes deer and there's a fox comes through and various things. So, you know, that, and, and I, I work on integrating that kind of stillness into, every, you know, all parts of the day, you know, it's developing that nice. awareness and it's, you know, I joke about ironing is the new meditation and, it, you know, I had one of my biggest <laughs> when I was mucking out my horse's stable in England when I when I had him you know you can turn a lot of um, really routine activities into a meditative yeah I love that I love that that's beautiful it's true um yeah I mean I, I think that's great I, I imagined you I just had a vision of you cleaning hay and <laughs> horses in the distance and just being in that space Base. like it's like when I'm in the studio it's like I love wrapping the wires and <laughs> love taking my you know all the little things that are just you're just so into like you know even yeah. though you're, you have to pack up for a gig and you have to tear down it's just part of it right so well cool. Diane I hate to say this but we're at the, t the end of the two hours would you believe it's been oh my gosh yeah, it's been a wonderful conversation. So before we finish, just share your key contact points, would you, um, before we wind up? Yeah, if anybody would like to contact me uh, for questions or for gigs, um, com or truevalor7 at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Diane Rose Kelly, um, and then YouTube. Diane Rose Kelly, Instagram, Diane Rose Kelly, and um, that's it. 
<laughs> okay well thank you so much diane so winding up it's uh, thank you for being here and thank you listeners my name is jan moore i'm signing off and you can find out about me at www.thesuccessalchemist.net so back over to you nancy thank you for producing and uh thank you so much diane thank you i'm very grateful you have been listening to the cosmic creating radio show with jm moore a production of cosmic reality radio live long and prosperous